You're listening to Grand Rounds Nation on ReachMD Radio XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Presenting the best Grand Rounds from across the country, I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. In this episode, we're continuing a recent session from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta, Georgia, titled TB and HIV, a Deadly Duo. Good morning. My name is Taraz Samandari, and this presentation reflects my services as a member of CDC's Division of Tuberculosis Elimination. Benjamin Franklin reportedly said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Given the tremendous morbidity and mortality inflicted by tuberculosis upon HIV-infected persons, it is vital to prevent TB disease. As Dr. Varma mentioned, after exposure to tuberculosis, some people become infected, Only some of these will ever become sick with TB, but the risk of disease is very high in people with HIV who have TB infection. The tuberculin skin test, or TST, identifies people with TB infection. The provision of isoniazid preventive therapy, or IPT, to patients with a positive skin test cures TB infection so that the risk of TB disease is reduced. Antiretroviral therapy is a key intervention that dramatically improves mortality in HIV-infected persons and also reduces their risk of TB. As their immune system recovers, increased protection from TB is conferred. However, in endemic settings, the annual rate of TB, ranging from two to seven TB cases for every 100 persons, remains unacceptably high in HIV-infected persons receiving antiretroviral therapy. So what else could be done? In the pre-antiretroviral therapy era, clinical trials confirmed that IPT is effective in preventing TB disease in people with HIV. TB was reduced by 64% in persons with positive tuberculin skin tests, or TST. TST TST-negative persons did not benefit significantly from IPT. If the TST was not taken into account and IPT was provided to all HIV-infected persons, there was a 33% reduction in the risk of TB. In 1998, these results led the World Health Organization to recommend six months of IPT for HIV-infected persons living in TB-endemic countries. Operational concerns about the implementation of the TST led the WHO to add that if greater than 30% of the population was infected with TB, the TST need not be performed. However, in later studies in Africa, we found that the benefit of IPT waned within 6 to 18 months after IPT completion. And subsequent molecular epidemiologic studies in endemic countries suggested that the reason for the waning benefit of IPT may be infection with new strains of TB, because of ongoing high levels of TB exposure. According to one TB prevention researcher, so long as it's raining, you need an umbrella. Here is a clinical trial CDC conducted in collaboration with the government of Botswana, a southern African country, to see whether continuous IPT would work better than the six-month course. Botswana had adopted the WHO recommendation of six months of IPT without tuberculin skin testing and also provided free antiretroviral therapy for eligible HIV-infected persons. We enrolled HIV-infected adults and assigned half to receive six months of IPT and the other half to receive 36 months of IPT. I shall refer to these two study arms as 6-IPT for the standard duration and 36-IPT for the continuous treatment arm. We observed that 36 months IPT was superior to six months IPT in reducing the risk of TB. 
However, this benefit was restricted to TST-positive participants. TST-negative participants received no significant benefit. Additionally, about 200 days after the initial six months of IPT, the risk of TB escalated. Stated in numbers, we observed that for all participants enrolled, 36 months of IPT reduced TB by 43%, and that limited to TST-positive participants, 36 months IPT reduced their risk by 74%. Antiretroviral therapy reduced the risk of TB by 50% in addition to the benefit of IPT. In the recently released WHO guidelines referred to by Dr. Kane, the World Health Organization also recommended 36 months of isoniazid prophylaxis in regions where there is high TB transmission, and furthermore indicated that, if feasible, the TST would identify those who would most benefit. What is the potential public health impact of continuous IPT in such TB endemic communities where ART is also provided? In Botswana, a country with a population under 2 million, there are approximately 10,000 cases of TB each year. 80% of them are HIV-infected. And of these HIV-infected persons, 70% are TST-positive by the time of their TB diagnosis. If continuous IPT is provided only to TST-positive people living with HIV, one could expect an overall reduction of 45% in the incidence of this national epidemic. Other studies have shown that initiation of antiretroviral therapy at CD4 count thresholds higher than 250 may further reduce TB. So the question arises whether it is necessary to include IPT. Additionally, the tuberculin skin test itself is not without cost. Is it cost-effective to implement the TST? We conducted a cost-effectiveness analysis in Botswana for 10,000 people living with HIV over three years and showed that combining three years of IPT with antiretroviral therapy will reduce TB just as well as initiating antiretroviral therapy at higher CD4 thresholds while saving two to four million dollars. We also found that the addition of the TST will increase costs slightly, but the targeting of three years of IPT will substantially reduce TB incidence while conserving human resources. There are many additional research questions to better prevent TB in people living with HIV. From this list, two are, how can the TST be used optimally in resource-limited settings? And how do we improve TB control at the community level in highly endemic settings where the rain continues? Thank you. We'll return for more from this session of Grand Rounds Nation after a short break.